that's fucking football right there. None of that pansyastic tugging smile for the camera bullshit. Men puke, men poop on the field. Men deliver their newborn baby on the sidelines. We win together we celebrate together. Football is back baby. Welcome back to the Goalpost Gambling Podcast. Nick V and Big Money Justin here to break down what we saw in week one of the college football season. A lot of really, really good games. Did you enjoy the slate that you had? I enjoyed the the slate. I enjoyed the the bets. And you enjoyed the bets? I enjoyed the bets. Mm. I enjoyed uh, the winning bets the most. And I think we had a great week one. I think no, we got a little bit. We had a phenomenal. We had a phenomenal week one. We did. Um, a lot. A lot happened. Um, I don't really know exactly where to start breaking this stuff down and, and recapping it. Why don't you give me some of your stars? Uh, who are your three stars of the week? Well, we gotta start off with probably the biggest star, um, unavoidable. If you watch football, then you know about you know it's going to be Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler mm. and his ability to make plays off schedule um, with the offensive line. He doesn't have a schedule, and so he is uh, running around playing some backyard football. No, we'll mm. get to that game later on. But obviously, we have to start with Colorado. Um, I'm sure that you've heard many people talk about this game, but it's kind of hard not to. Coach Prime comes in week one and dethrones TCU off their 17th ranked spot. And it was a back and forth game. Every time you thought TCU scored, took the lead, okay, they've settled down. The better team is going to win now. No. Colorado came back every time. Sanders finally has been down the field. Travis Hunter doing it on both sides this was a fast-paced game and that man did not come out very much no. that man making plays on defense at the big interception in the red zone making plays on offense multiple big catches uh he, he probably was the mvp of the game because of what he did on both sides cb1 and wide receiver in a one it, it's wild when you get a player like that that can genuinely play both positions some people are calling him the shohei of of, of college ball mm. so yeah but uh just just incredible toughness and intensity energy from Colorado and that's what we come to expect from uh Dion coach teams and you hear the 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 pregame speech he gave just so much passion you can tell that his guys have bought in all the way what did he say in that uh pregame speech he says guys Mm. we don't have tomorrow we got now and don't go out there and start butt cheeking on me. He said that. I don't think he said that. That man next to you is a miracle. Mm. And next to you is a dog. And they played like dogs. That's 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 some straight fire, if I've ever heard it. Uh, it felt like Colorado was in control most of that game, but they did not, ESPN's matchup predictor, did not give them their 57.5% chance to win until the seven-minute mark in the fourth quarter. Even though they were leading, really, the majority of the game. And when they lost the lead, it felt inevitable that Sanders was going to come down the field and get it right back. So, absolutely, like you said, um, guys all around the board, from Coach Prime to his players on the field, you could have more than three stars in this game alone. But what do you make of Sanders? So I'll kind of uh, meditate here on this one for a minute. 5'10", 
four touchdowns, 38 of 47, just a blistering performance against the national title title uh, runner-ups from just a year ago. Do you think that he's going to enter the uh, Heisman conversation? It's tough this year because there's a lot of really good players, including the the, the man that he's throwing to, Travis Hunter. Yeah. But, I mean, you, 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 you do have to be impressed with what he was able to do. And how about not turning the ball over? Because you, you talk about, you know, TCU's quarterback, Morris, two interceptions. I mean, for, for the, the stage that this game was at, the moments of pressure, to throw the ball 47 times, four touchdowns, and never really put the ball in, in serious harm's way, I just thought he was composed the entire time. And like I mentioned moments ago, TCU multiple times took the lead, wanted to take control of the game, but Sanders just came right back. I think he was fearless. I think he was fearless the entire game, and I think it's uh, that's part of what uh, Coach Prime gives to his team. He's given him a lot. Is the fearlessness. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'll throw a star out here. Second star of the week. I'm going to actually go to a huge upset here that kind of flew a little bit under the radar. Baylor wasn't ranked this year, and for good reason. They were laying 26.5 points at home against Texas State. And what did Texas State do? Come in there and lay the smackdown. 42-31 to 31 is your final score. They win by 11. They were catching 26.5. And, and part of the reason they did that is because the second star of the week, TJ Finley, the 6'7", 255 sophomore out of LA just absolutely uh, uh, dominant um, in this game he threw for 298 yards on 22 of 30 attempts three touchdowns ran one in as well Texas State with quietly one of the biggest upsets of the early season yeah, who's, your, uh, who's your second star my second star yeah what was your first star? Well, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not going to choose anyone other than Colorado. Okay, second star. The whole organization, the whole program. The whole program in this nation of Chick-fil-A college football. Go ahead. So I think that my second star has to be Keon Coleman for Florida State. Um, this was a triumphant victory for Florida State. Uh, a decisive victory for Florida State. And at the forefront of that was Keon Coleman making multiple huge plays in this game. Three touchdowns on nine receptions. Um, LSU's defense had absolutely no answer for the, for this man. He was running all over the field. And just th- this game did get away from LSU, but it, it was a, a three-point game going to halftime. So uh, I, th- I think that he really did just uh, help Florida State separate themselves from LSU and this connection between uh, Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman is looking pretty lethal. And Florida State as a team, uh, they're going to be in that playoff conversation early because they look like a serious uh, program right now. They look like a serious program indeed. I'm going to uh, the Bayou with this next one. Second star of the week, give me Tulane. They had very, very little respect last year. And they come into this one ranked 24th. They're coming off a season that capped with a win against USC and Caleb Williams. And even so, they're still not getting their credit, uh, per se. 
coming in at only 24th. And the books were really the ones disrespecting them this time. They were only laying six points in this matchup against uh, University Southern Alabama. And even though they were at home, they're only, only laying this six points. And so what happens? Michael Pratt and Tulane. Pratt throws for 294, four touchdowns, does it on the ground as well. How many pass attempts and completions do you think he had on his 294, four touchdown day? 12? 14 of 15. Dang. That's wild. 14 of 15, 294, four TDs. All right. He got injured at the end of the game running the ball. It was really unfortunate. And his legs are like barely under him. He's like limping around. And guess what? He calls his own number to come into the game and kneel the ball down. He can barely even get his knee to touch the ground. But just the balls to come in and do that. Tulane wins. They laid six. They won by 20. Big beat down at home. Gotta love it for them. And Pratt dominating off of the first game of the season. So then, who's your third star of the week? Third star, as I alluded to, we're going to the Duke Mayo Bowl. Mm. A big bowl of which of was postponed Duke's because uh, the 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 line judges were uh, supposedly eating mayonnaise in the locker room, just chowing down all the free mayo they had loaded into that stadium. Is that what they, happened? They killed them. They killed them on the broadcast, actually. So they actually delayed the second half because the guys that hold up the um, the yardsticks weren't out there, and they came running out, and the commentators go, "They must have been having too much Duke's mayo at half." And this is a Duke's um, Mayo classic, so they were getting it straight from the source. This I always is, like wonder about like people on live television in that respect. Like, do you think that they set their DVRs or whatever to record the games and like go back and watch them just to see if they are ever panned to or if any anybody references them? Like, do you think that you know that the, people record this? Do you think you think it's more likely that they're told about it? Someone texts the grounds them. crew. Yeah, because uh, some of them. I mean, I'm I mean, just it's unlikely. Get, that. It's unlikely that they get referenced to, you know, right? Maybe the maybe the referees. You probably but don't want to hear that. Ref, if you were if you were on the ground for a game, you don't record it to see how it looks like from the the nation's perspective. Oh, how, to, how yeah, yeah, how it looks. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm sure you, after a few times, you're like, okay, this is what it looks like. But hopefully somebody told them that they got absolutely bodied by the broadcast team. Another unit that absolutely got bodied was the South Carolina offensive line. Hmm. Just absolutely demolished and thrown around by UNC's defense. Spencer Rattler, who honestly, not a bad player at all. No. Running running for his life, running around uh, like it was backyard football, trying to keep it alive for South Carolina, but just could not overcome the defense of UNC. South Carolina only scoring three points in the second half, three drives. They went, uh, they they turned the ball over on downs. So UNC was in a close game in the second half. The defense just completely took over and crushed South Carolina. UNC, if if uh, Drake May can play a little better and yeah. turn the ball over, combined with the defense, North Carolina can be a, a very tough out this season. And you have to think this is absolutely uh, imperative for that defense to get some credit because if they didn't play the way that they did, the way that May kind of was, you know, not his best, 
they could have very easily had lost that game. A lot of moments it felt like the tide was going to turn, but they had crucial sacks that kept them out of the end zone. Even when they were in the red zone, they forced two fourth and longs that went nowhere. And I mean, that, that could be, you know, the difference between 14 points. And it was a close enough game where, where those defensive stops covered up a lot of ugly for UNC and kind of changes the national conversation about them. Yeah, also so, got to give credit to uh, British Brooks, who's probably the best offensive player for UNC, making it happen over 100 yards rushing. Don't, don't, don't overreact to the Drake May. Don't what? overreact. He's going to game... He's going to be on fire for the rest of the season. Okay, I said the best player, the best offensive performance in that game, the, hmm. the Dukes Mayo offensive performance of the game was British Brooks, right? Okay, okay. You said he was the best player on their team. Best, no, I said best offensive player on their team. I said in, in the game. Yeah. Okay. In that game. If right. I didn't say in that game, edit to say I in, in that game because that's what I meant. Okay. I'll just I'll just go in there and you know put my little greasy fingers on it and then. Well, you know, why are they greasy? Well, because I'm I'm working on the podcast. You answer that mail. Tired. <laughs> I might not be ready for half. Um, What's your third star? My third star. I'm actually going to go DJU, Oregon State quarterback. Wow. He uh, he left Clemson because they wanted to swap him out for Klubnik, who's looking fine against Duke right now. So I don't know that, that Clemson really won by uh, letting him him go, but he absolutely balled out with Oregon State. He ran for two touchdowns as well as threw for two, or excuse me, three. So he put up five touchdowns in total on 20 of 25 accurate passing, and 239 Uh, just an absolute master class against the san jose state defense which was albeit pretty weak but still proving a lot of doubters and haters wrong i doubted him a little bit but he willed oregon state to a massive victory against san jose state on the road so props to him third star got our three stars each what's your worst of the week worst of the week Gotta start with Nebraska at Minnesota. Nebraska with their new coach, Matt Rule, who has been, uh, to me, very underrated, very disrespected, but he gets his guys ready to go, and he gets his defense ready, and his defense in this game was unbelievable, making multiple huge stops. Minnesota could not run the ball, having to throw, which are uncomfortable doing. Nebraska took took a lead at this point in this game and had such control over it that I think they were plus nine, or... Uh, minus 900 to win um, or maybe minus 1,000 to win at some point. Um, it just looked like it was Nebraska's night to turn the page after losing so many close one-score games uh, over the past decade. And there was seemed to be some new energy with Matt Rule, but turnovers, including uh, a late fumble at the 50, uh, an interception in the end zone before half, and then uh, the, the really just uh, killer interception we're going to try to take the lead back in the tie game that led to the game-winning field goal for Minnesota. Um, just a brutal, brutal start to the season for Nebraska, which fans have been so loyal. And the night before, even brought 92,000 people out to watch volleyball. Um, just got to feel bad for them and feel bad for Matt Rule because he coached his tail off and uh, still came up short. Yeah. Uh, worst of the week for me, I've got to go back a little bit, actually. Uh, this is this is maybe I was I was I thought UTEP uh, was going to start the season well. I really did. I was into UTEP. They had some experience at the quarterback position. 
They've got a really burly uh, running back, and they're playing Jack State, who is new to the FBS, just entering the conference, okay? Just entering the league. And it's hot as hell. Jack State wants to go 1,000 miles per hour. They're running and running and running, spinning their wheels. And UTEP doesn't take advantage of that. It was 130 degrees on the field, temperature-wise. And they don't take advantage of it. UTEP is in to the last few minutes of the game. Third down and one. Excuse me. Third and one. Instead of running the ball, their their linemen, offensive linemen, averaged about 30 pounds on Jack State's defensive front seven. And they refused to run the ball on third and one and fourth and one. Passes both times. The first an end zone fade. The second a weird crossing route that was picked off. Just a horribly managed situation. They could have kicked a field goal and taken it to overtime, where I think some of the fatigue would have helped them. But they were favored minus one and a half in this game. They lose by three as Jack State enters the big leagues. Uh, pretty bad coaching all around. Very winnable game that they squandered, much like Nebraska. So that's that's another worst of the week, but that's going back a little farther. You ready to touch on some of these other games we didn't we didn't quite catch? Are we doing more worst or we we've had enough? No, that's it. There's that's only it? one worst of the week. Okay, can I get a quick shout out? Go ahead, shout to, him out. Uh, Frank Harris for helping me cash my Houston bet, throwing mm. three interceptions on three straight drives. Um, shout out to the Roadrunners. Oh yeah, uh, Michigan played ECU, and they won thirty to three. But this was kind of a closer contest than a lot of people thought. Michigan's ranked second in the nation as a program. And and uh, they only win thirty to to three. ECU had very few three and outs. So who does this game tell you more about, ECU or Michigan? I'm not that worried about Michigan. I think this is a good ball club. However, I do tip my cap to the East Carolina mm. defense. I think that their defense started getting gassed in the first half, and you saw a run of touchdowns for Michigan. Um, but they regrouped the second half, and even being down as much as they did, they showed a lot of grit in the second half, um, limiting the, the the scoring for Michigan and just uh, limiting what Blake Corum could do. A lot of people were on the, on the Blake Corum over rushing yards. He did not get there. He even had a couple of uh, big losses running the ball. So the run defense, especially for East Carolina, really stood tall. And when you're playing a team like Michigan— you kind of know you're going to lose, but I mean, it feels weird to be proud about about 27 loss, 27 point loss, excuse me. But I still think that they they have some good things to take away from this game going to next week against Marshall. Do you think Harbaugh's absence was a factor here? Um, you saw Michigan; they they lined up in the game to honor yep. him, so that that was interesting. But I don't think so. I I think that like something he, happened to him. It's funny that they honored him. I like know, he got yeah, locked like, up yeah, or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's no longer with us for one week. Mm. I mean, so uh, I think that, you know, being being a, a coach in, in college, a lot of it is about, you know, what you instill in the players and, and and what you make your players do and how they believe and how they go about their business. So I think a lot of what Harbaugh's instilled in his team was, was still there. Obviously, you want him on the sidelines, but I think in bigger games it matters more. I think this was basically the same team we're going to see. Not much you can say about this one. Uh, Tennessee... 
beats up on Virginia. The spread was uh, 27.5, and they won 49-13. to So they do get the cover. Uh, don't really want to talk about this one too much. The coach of the uh, Virginia team. He said program? That, he, the program, thank you. He said, you know, this was a win just for them to be on the field, given everything that's happened and the, the tragedy surrounding it. So out of respect, I think we kind of uh, let that one be. Oklahoma dismantles Arkansas State. Can you believe the books didn't set this line at a 72 and a half? Yeah, what obviously it should thinking? have been a 70-point spread. Um, Oklahoma yeah. just rolling, rolling, and rolling. Just absolutely no remorse. That's what we do in the college game. Yeah. If you can score 100, score 100. 73 to a donut. Uh, Iowa beats Utah State 24-14. to 14. They do not cover. They're favored by 24. And Iowa's a team that's on the bubble. They're ranked 25th. And if it's at a minimum... Colorado State's got to move up. Or, excuse me, Colorado, not State. Coach Prime uh, Buffaloes. They've got to move up, so I expect Iowa to drop out. But they could be a dangerous, unranked team. Uh, so look for them. Kentucky gets the cover against Ball State. Um, Liberty goes in at home, and they win their first one. They get the cover against Bowling Green. Fresno State beats Purdue. Fresno State on the road. Bulldogs win by a four-piece Purdue was actually laying for. Purdue had a lot of chances to win this one. I was really big on Hudson Card. We saw Card play really well against Bama back when he was stepping in for Quinn Ewers last season. And he had a, a fine game, but the Purdue offense just looked really bad at times. And Fresno did whatever they want on offense. So I I was very kind of surprised that this game dragged on as long as it did and that Fresno was actually able to hold on. So Purdue kind of a kind of a letdown here. Um might might be time to reevaluate where we rank them. I do like cards still, but I I don't think the boilermakers are just ready yet. How about USC taking care of business against Nevada. This uh, Nevada team was just subject, uh, the victim to the Caleb Williams-Heisman campaign. Yep. That's really all the USC games are. 66 points, 5 TDs from Kelly Williams. He continues to just uh, shine. He just continues to showcase his abilities. Definitely the the, the front right for the Heisman. I mean, can, you, can anybody argue against it? Nope. Nope. He's, he's out there right now, so... USC gets the big win, and uh, they didn't cover though, did they? I believe they did. Was it not? Was it not? Was it more than forty-two? Wait, 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 wait. No, it was it was uh, seventy-two and a half. Seventy-two and a half? <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. No, they covered. It was thirty-seven and a half. Okay, yeah, they got yeah. there. Big, big cover for them. Um, let's see. What else did we witness? We witnessed Alabama. Yep. Showcase, uh, they're looking pretty scary as always. The the quarterback, uh, Jalen Milrow, has got some juice to him. I, and I like this. I like that Bama's kind of going in a different direction, having a more mobile uh, dual-threat quarterback. So I, I like them, and I like how Saban is kind of changing this up a little bit. Um, we'll see how we, um, how we try to bet the 
Texas Bama game coming up soon. Yeah, Bama fifty six to seven against Middle Tennessee. Mm. Like you said, next weekend's Texas has a seven point spread. Can't wait to talk about that game. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, Ohio State has a little bit of trouble with Indiana. Ohio State was the third ranked team in the country, and they do not cover twenty three to three. They were laying three on the road. Do you think Ohio State is a candidate to drop out of that top four? I feel like Ohio State did, did this last year. It's like I think they were terrible against the spread and, and uh, mm. just you know almost lost some games they really shouldn't have had. And I, I'm just I'm not really seeing it from Ohio State this year. I know they come in ranked number three, but um, the uh, the quarterbacking for Ohio State, I just I don't think they have a great replacement to, to Stroud. I'm yeah. not seeing. I'm not seeing the the uh, energy in this offense. I'm not seeing the firepower here. The Skyhawks, mm. UTM versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Big Skyhawks cover. Georgia, winning forty by forty one points. This was a forty eight to seven ball game in which Georgia had to win by fifty one. This was a fifty and a half point spread. Yep. I mean, and Georgia's a great team, but this is a team that's been known for just suffocating defense um maybe not scoring as much as oregon or or uh, oklahoma usc so i mean the 50 and a half kind of crazy right and and this is one where like you look at some of these blowouts and you go okay obviously like they could have set this line at 50 60 70 and you still get the cover but if you play a line like this you kind of have to know what you're dealing with because two things were true at the same time. Georgia is dominant. Georgia won and destroyed their opponent and yet didn't cover. But that's the risk you run when you take a 50-point spread. You can't say that they didn't do enough. That spread was just, you know, ludicrous. The spread was 50 and a half. The over-under is 55 and a half. <laughs> that's wild. Can they score a touchdown? And they did. So they, they ruined it. If it weren't for that one touchdown. No, Georgia didn't even score enough on loan to, to cover that. Oh, true, points. true. And their quarterback went out early in the game to give them some rest. Um, Georgia had a d- bunch of different ball carriers, all did their thing. Defense was stout. Um, so, I mean, if you're a Georgia fan, you're not worried about it. Um, only betting fans are really worried about the, the 41 or 15.5 point win. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to the Skyhawks betters. Yeah, you gotta got to have some balls on that one. Um, I, I think that's interesting. What else did we see this past Saturday? We witnessed Oregon State. That's true. We are talking about that. We did. We witnessed. We are witnessing right now Clemson and Duke. We're witnessing that in real time, and I think Duke's going to pull this one out. They're definitely covering, and I think they might. They might get it done on the money too. But sticking to what we have already was already been done what we already witnessed and put a close to texas ranked number 11 gets a 27 point win on rice what'd you uh what'd you think about this 27 point win uh was that enough to cover for them i don't think so so let's make sure i think they were lying a lot it was in the 20s so this was a a 35 and a half point spread so texas did not cover um, one week before their big showdown in Tuscaloosa. Rice gets it done. I mean, 
I'm <laughs> get it done, getting destroyed. <laughs> he got it done. I can feel proud about it. only one. I don't know. By he was really big coming out of high school, and Ewers has some talent, but he's just. I I don't know. I just don't think he's got the dog in him. And of course, they're going to win against Rice, but I I just don't like Texas in these big games. Their defense is elite and has been for a few seasons now, but I don't love that Ewers offense. I really don't. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at the games. Bama played and Texas played. You know, we're talking about Texas for Bama all week. Texas, you kind of went a little bit more firepower from their offense. They did not run the team, their opponent off the field like Bama did. So I, I do agree with you. Defense is, is very fierce, but maybe offense lacking a little bit this year. We'll see. That we will. What else? We already talked a little bit about the uh, the Mayo Bowl. We did. I think we're coming towards the end of the road. Uh, Wisconsin. With only a twenty-one point victory against Buffalo, that was that was an interesting one on uh, both sides. We have number twenty-two Ole Miss putting the smackdown mm. on Mercer. When was the last time you you seen Ole Miss score seventy-three points? They might be legit this year. Picking up this the sixty-four point win in this contest. Uh, quarterback through for four touchdowns, Jackson Dart, and their backup quarterback Spencer Sanders came in through another two touchdowns. Unbelievably, Mercer controlled the ball for 35 minutes this game compared to 25 for Ole Miss, yeah. and lost by 64. Yeah, which is pretty wild to me. But maybe Ole Miss really is like that. You gotta like having Dart in there. Uh, I think that's a really good look for them. Uh, they they could be really dangerous this year. They really could. Washington took care of business against um, Boise State. Uh, Penix, absolutely unfair. And he's a guy that's in the Heisman conversation. He was kind of in there last year, but I think this year he's going to be uh, talked about. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he's going to be uh, potentially a finalist. Yeah, throwing for a cool 4 15 five touchdowns this game. Uh, maybe Washington. He's, he's the man. Maybe Washington is the most complete team. We're talking about the upper echelon teams in, in the nation, but their quarterback can really sling that pigskin. They're ranked tenth, uh, aren't they? Number ten. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll they'll be in the mix. They'll be in the conversation. They keep winning. They could be. They absolutely could be. And with quarterback play like that, you can't really can't really overlook them. Last one to recap: Notre Dame absolutely putting the hurt on them, and this is the second week in a row that Notre Dame has won. Hartman looks like a really good piece, the Wake Forest transfer, really completing their offense and giving them some dynamic play at quarterback that they really haven't had before. Uh, I, I take it they covered pretty easily. Yeah, they covered this no problem against a team whose logo looks like they just ripped off LSU. Come on, it's not high school. <laughs> oh, who do they play? Uh, Tennessee State. Tennessee State. I thought I was, I was I was between those. Dang, yeah, I, I like Notre Dame. I think they've got a really legit team. It's going to be interesting if we see them playing someone that's not not catching a uh, very very wide spread against them. I think that does it for us for Week One. Some excellent college football action. Some excellent betting opportunity. A little shaky, but we're definitely getting on track. Any final thoughts about Week One as we put it in the books? Um, next week we're gonna need even more mail. Mm, I I sure hope not. All right, we will see you guys very soon with our picks and analysis 
for week two as we preemptively get ready for the second week of this year's college football season. Until then, guys, we here. <laughs>